everyone. I'm Kennedy. And I'm Tara. We are Mamas with Trauma and Unpopular Opinions. We would like to provide a trigger warning as there will be mentions of trauma in many forms. We are not licensed therapists and cannot provide professional advice. However, we can relate and provide our own personal experiences and lessons that we have learned along the way. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is episode eight. And we're going to talk about sleep. (laughs) So we're going to talk about, I guess, like sleep in like baby sleep and sleep deprivation, Mm -hmm. all things sleep. And I said this before we started, but like I've been really anxious to talk about this. Anxious, excited, anxious, nervous. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I feel like this is something that, is just not talked about like before you have a baby, like, you know, zip zero about sleep, like your baby mm-hmm. sleep and how sleep can affect you. Anyways. Um, I knew nothing. So, and there's just so many different opinions out there on how, you know, our babies, how we navigate baby sleep and everything. So like, Mm-hmm. I'm also nervous to be a little bit like judged, I guess. I mean, I'll just be honest. Like I'm a little bit nervous um, to yeah. share like my experience and all that stuff and my opinions. The The topic of sleep too is so unique to each experience too, because everyone's babies are different. Right. So, um, but we're going to get more into that. So yeah. How, how are you feeling? Um, I'm good. I mean, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm anxious to talk about this. Um, I'm feeling like a little bit sinusy, and Brandon's been feeling that. So I'm, oh, I'm hoping he didn't give me something. I just, anyway, it might also just be from all the amount of traveling that I I did. And now I'm just kind of feeling it all. I just I feel like today though was the first day that I kind of felt like rejuvenated since mm-hmm. I got back on Saturday. Um, like last night, I got like a pretty decent sleep. I mean, Evie only woke up once. I was very lucky and I didn't take her long to put her back down and she was up at like 10 to 7 and Brennan went and got her and woke me up at like quarter after. So anyways, I w- today was the first time in a long time that I didn't have to nap <laughs> when yeah. she did. Like I had energy and I took the opportunity to binge Love is Blind oh my on, God. on her naps. Oh. <laughs> I'm not oh done. God. I'm not done. Okay. So do not spoil. Yeah, I'm okay, not done. But yeah, and I'm also just like super thankful for – um, the trip that I had to Halifax, like I'm just I'm always thankful for the IWK and the good work that they do and that they've done for me. And mm-hmm. um, you know, that my best friend was able to come with me and help with Evie. And then that I got to see you guys, like that like just made it. Yeah, it really did. That, um, that was amazing. Just to see like the babies together yeah. after like however many months. It it's been such a change because like they're able to like interact more and you see yeah. their personalities like I, I was feeling yeah, was good, a, good after that for sure. Yeah, it was incredible. It's always so fun to see because the last time we had gotten together, they were both younger, obviously, like it was a couple months ago. Um, and now like they're, like you said, interacting together more. It was really sweet. I really loved oh, it. it. Especially was, yeah. seeing little Evie give Peter <laughs> kisses. It was so cute. <laughs> she just wanted to kiss him and like he would just stare at her like... <laughs> He's what like, huh? Doing? What are you doing, bro? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah, what about you? How are you? How are you doing? How are you feeling after the trips and? Oh man, everything? I uh, 
Yeah, it was it was a lot. We had a busy week. Um, we went away too, and like I said, like we mentioned in the last episode, um, for whatever reason, the stars aligned, and we were both in Halifax at the same time. I was there for work, and Tara was there for personal uh, things, and and uh, it was nice to see Tara while we were there. And um, I had my work day on Friday, and then I hosted a baby shower um, on Saturday, Ooh. and then we drove right home. So the baby shower was three and a half hours away from us. So it was like on the way home from Halifax, but like we got there and like we had to set up and we had to decorate and like get everything ready. And then after the party, so like, which I hosted, we had to like do all the cleanup and everything. So we didn't get out of there till like four or 4.30. And then we had to drive home, which is a three and a half hour drive with a uh, 15 month old. Mm-hmm. I know like what you dealt with because I did it just did it with Evie and like, she's not like a car person. Um, so I basically scheduled all of the, the drives I tried to around her nap schedule mm-hmm. and thank goodness for like Megan being there to entertain her and like same, like for you guys, at least like one of you could entertain the baby, but like still it's just, Oh, it's exhausting. Yeah. We're pretty lucky too. Like I know you've mentioned like Evie doesn't like the car. Peter's a pretty good traveler, like knock on wood. Mm. Um, he, he does pretty well, but like at the, and at that point he was exhausted too. Cause like he was at the baby shower. So he did sleep for a huge chunk of the ride, but he had a really rough time when he woke up mm-hmm. and it was, it was pretty brutal. So, um, very grateful to be home and be home safe. And, yeah. and then we've just been kind of having a rough go cause he's cutting his molars. So yeah. he's, been, he's not been having a good time. My heart goes out to him because I'm, I'm like, I'm feeling pretty sad. He's been like extra silky lately and wants nothing but mama. And right now dad is trying to put him to bed. So. Oh yeah. Well, it's, I can't imagine like what it feels like to be cutting teeth. Like I had a conversation with my mom. I like, and this is, I'm, I guess I'm kind of, I'm kind of outing myself. I'm a firm believer. And you know, if your baby's in pain, give them Tylenol. Um, It doesn't, I don't think it causes autism. Oh my gosh. I can't. Well, anyways, anyways, yeah. Yeah. Um, Autism is like a condition you're born with. Yes. Let's just put that out there. Um, And my mom said to me one day, she's like, Can you imagine cutting all your wisdom teeth and not, and someone not giving you Tylenol? Imagine that. Like, I can't even have a headache without taking Tylenol. Yeah. So, as long as you're giving Tylenol safely, you're. Baby's gonna be fine. Just use it because it helps baby and it helps mama and, and it dad. helps yeah, <laughs> and it helps you in the long run because oh my god, he like had has had such a rough time getting that molar out. Um, and the worst part is is he has one coming on his left side, and that's the one that's been giving him a hard time, and he has one coming on his right side. So I think we're just gonna be in for it for the next couple days. Like mm. I've heard so many experiences of teething that like they cut one at a time, and I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not for you, eh? No, Peter's cut like two at the same time, almost every shot. And I'm like, okay. Mm. I'm like, I'm just going to go cry in the corner because I hate to see him in pain. But anyway, there's nothing I can do but comfort him and give him Tylenol when he needs it. So Yeah, you're doing the um, best you can, Mama. Yeah, I'm trying my best. Uh, we're making it through and he's back in his crib. So um, after our little Halifax trip. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know about you guys, but... Wow. Um, (laughs) I feel like we went back like 10 steps um, with her sleep, like on our travels and like during the (laughs) night, like she did not do well. And it took her like the first night 
Oh, it was really, it was rough. Um, mm-hmm. Me and Brandon had to share the night with her. And then um, Sunday night and last night, I feel like she's getting back to herself. Like she woke up once each night. So I feel like she knows, like it's nice to see that she knows this is her home and this is where she's comfortable and safe, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's just, yeah. I, I feel so bad to put her through that, you know, like to bring her somewhere else. And But I, I also was doing the best thing that I thought for her, like when we were like during the night and stuff, like she ended up in bed with me, um, you know, and I was nursing her to sleep and all that throughout the night. Like I haven't done that in a long time, but I just felt like that was what was going to be best for us. And it, it, it was, you know, like she slept better when she was with me. So <laughs> yeah, you got to do, you got to do. do what you got to do. And that's always what it comes down to. Um, travel is so hard on babies cause they go, cause they have such a routine when they're at home. And to take them out of their safe space is so almost traumatizing for them because they don't know where they are. And then you're trying to make them sleep in an unfamiliar environment. Exactly. So, I mean, that this also fits for the conversation that we're having today. So, yeah, um, I don't even know, like, where to start. There's just so much <laughs> I want to talk about. Like, I-, I know there's a lot. So I think, I mean, traveling, uh, I guess traveling is a good place to start. Um, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to, like that was kind of like a gateway into the conversation because like I said, I kind of backtracked and did what I thought mm-hmm. was best for her. And um, she ended up in the bed with me, you know? Mm-hmm. So Peter does often, I know like we've been getting him into sleep in the crib and whatever, but uh, the odd time he comes into bed with us cause he's just having a rough go. And me and Peter can't mentally function the next day if we're, up with him in the crib, like trying to soothe him back to sleep. I tried it for like an hour and a half one night and it just wasn't working. And I said, F this. Like when it comes down to it, um, us as adults, like think about what it takes for most people. Some people are unicorns and just can sleep anywhere and have great sleeps and don't need anything. But mm-hmm. think about like what it takes for us to sleep at night. Yeah. Like, I mean, usually I need my husband in the house at least. Sometimes, you know, I don't really care all the time if he's in the bed with me, but um, I want him here and near me. I need to say goodnight to him. I need, you know, we have a routine. Um, I I have a whole routine before I go to bed. I sleep with a teddy that I've slept with since I was... 12 13 because um it was it was important to me i was in a foster home and it was given to me as a gift so it comforts me you know i i position myself a certain way i have i have certain sheets that i sleep with for, um sometimes i need to watch like tv before i go to, like there's so many things i need to do before i go to sleep at night mm-hmm. when i wake up you know there's certain things that i need to i need to do to comfort me back to sleep so like that's what we need as adults right Imagine what you need as a baby. As a baby who doesn't know how to self-soothe, especially as a newborn, mm-hmm. they haven't. They don't just come out knowing all these skills. It's up to us to teach them that and to give them that. I just don't understand. I just don't understand the concept of all these ideas about how a baby should sleep. Yet we require so much to get good sleeps and to feel safe and comforted. Right? There's things that make us feel those ways. So, yeah, like imagine a baby. Yeah, imagine how a baby feels when the only thing they've known is you or me. And now we're just expecting them to, what, like, just figure it out. To sleep in this, like, bassinet or this crib when they were in our bellies for nine months. And 
they're just in this world and like don't know you know they're looking like you said they're looking to us for all those comfort things like i found like sleep was probably the hardest the most taxing thing i've went through during my postpartum and up until like recently and still there's hard nights but like that was one thing i struggled with and i am so thankful so mm -hmm. thankful that i had i had you i had my sister and i had vanessa to confide in and to help me through it because i don't know like what i would have done like it was so tough i'm just like thankful that you guys had that experience and were giving me like tools and tips of what worked and like sending me you know giving me information and stuff like that to educate myself or whatever like just because oh my god it's just it's completely new it was completely sorry it was completely new to me i thought that i would you know my baby would come out put my baby in the bassinet swaddle her and she would sleep <laughs> like that's what i th and then at six months or four five four or five months whatever i put her in her crib and she sleeps that's no. what you think before because yep. you, you don't know anything different and no one talks to you about the struggle and i could not stand the uh the advice of like sleep when the baby sleeps and get all the sleep you need now you're never gonna sleep again it's like okay but like can you give me more can you elaborate like why did can no one yeah, can you explain like no one ever elaborated or gave me any of their experiences or their advice or anything like that. It was just like very condescending and just like not helpful at all. Which and, must have been so hard too because you are like me and you're someone who needs your sleep. Yeah, so yeah. I'm someone who needs at least eight hours mm -hmm. of solid sleep. Like I need a nice full eight hours. I don't like being disturbed. Like if Brandon's snoring too much, I kick him out, tell him to go downstairs, like... Yeah, so having your sleep disturbed, especially during postpartum, like those first couple of weeks and months, running off of like such little sleep, sleep deprivation is just something, it's just like, I don't even know where to, to, to begin on to talk about sleep deprivation. Like, how do you even explain that to people? Or like, how do you even define that? It's just, it's crazy how much it can affect your mood, affect your day to day, affect how you are and how you see mm -hmm. everything and it made my anxiety 10 times worse, obviously, because yeah, I was sleep deprived. It's, it's sleep deprivation is no joke. It's, it's actually pretty dangerous too. Like, because it's like you said, it's, it's affecting your mood and your, like your mental almost capacity to like handle and deal with things. Well, you have to so, be during the day you have, or even during the night, because at the newborn stage, you're kind of they're up all hours or whatever. There's no schedule. So like you're having to be on all day on such little sleep. Like when you go to work, you you need to be having like a, a good sleep the night before because it's hard to concentrate. So like, yeah, think about that with like this newborn that you're having to hold all the time and take care of and trying to keep the household together. And anyways, like it's hard. It's just challenging. And um, so for us, like, I don't even know <laughs> when it was, like how soon it was, but I just remember like having to confide in some people and be honest about how I was struggling with um, her sleep. And I followed some accounts on Instagram. So for anyone listening, Hey Sleepy Baby is a great one. If like you're just struggling and wanting different tools on just like comforting your, comforting your baby and not doing like sleep training. If that's what you're like wanting to aim for is, you know, not the sleep training method. Just FYI, like I guess I'll just like preface, like I'm open to whatever works for anybody. If it's sleep training, if it's co-sleeping, if it's whatever, as long as like you're educated and doing it safely. Also, 
her, well, her Instagram name is Taylor Kulik. It's like Taylor and then K-U-L-I-K. She's also um, someone who what I found was really helpful. And then Co-Sleepy. So her Instagram name is just Co-Sleepy. Um, so those were the three that I found helpful. And I also just like, you know, Googled stuff and did my research and everything like that. So me and Brandon had to be on the same page about everything as well, of course. Like we're a team here. We needed to support each other and... He did some research as well and we had some conversations and soon enough we decided that we were going to co-sleep. Well, I was going to. I, I didn't want him in the bed with me. <laughs> um, him, I didn't want him in noose with us, so I kicked him out. And I think this was also because he was working. It just made sense. Mm-hmm. So I just I did the safe seven. Um, I made sure everything was safe in the bed. And I feel like it must be some kind of instinct because I just like didn't move. <laughs> When she was with me, like I just like did the position, like the C position or whatever, and that's how I slept. And then would wake up and nurse her back to like we we had this like routine going after a while, and then like for naps too, she contact she would contact naps. So I watched a lot of Netflix and a lot of like TV, did a lot mm-hmm. of reading during during those times. And I that found the carrier was so helpful, putting her in the carrier and doing chores or whatever. I don't remember the first time like she napped alone. I don't remember what month it was, but it was like pff, like maybe five, six months when she like napped for like 10 minutes in her crib. <laughs> but anyways, um, it was, yeah, mostly like in the stroller on me for naps and sleeping, whatever we could do to get her to sleep. And it was just what was working. Um, I was able to get some sleep as well, even though it wasn't like solid sleep because like you're still, you know, wanting to ensure that you're, going to respond to your baby and you're you're obviously like scared that you know if things happening like you just hear all those things of what people will say you know in the back of your mind about having your baby in bed with you I found a lot of people would when they would come over to visit us they would ask about her sleep that was always a question I would get is how's the baby sleeping how's no one was asking how I anyway no one asked how I was sleeping or how I was doing it was all about how she's sleeping is she sleeping through the night yet and I'm like so I felt so I didn't understand because I was like is she supposed to be sleeping through the night? What am I doing wrong? Like, you know She's what I mean? No, I know. And I had, to, I had to educate myself and understand that babies wake up throughout the night because that's 100% what they're supposed to do. They go through different, um, what's it called? Like phases and leap. Uh, cur- leap there's and a word, there's a word for it. Like your circa- circadian rhythms. I don't know. Oh, there's yeah. different stages of sleep and all that stuff. And they wake up when they're hungry. They wake up, you know, because they pooped or peed or whatever. There's just different reasons why, you know, you wake up in the night. So um, once I like learned that, I was like, okay, this is normal. But yeah. I was really afraid to tell people that she was in bed with us for a while. I asked Brandon not to like tell anybody. I told my family and they were like, whatever works for you. And Renee was like, you know, I had to do this and that. And she's like, you know, I didn't tell you this, but this is what I did. And I was like, oh, like, okay. But I did, you know, my parents had their outdated opinions about that. So, but I just said like, I'm doing what works for me and just trust that I'm, you know, doing what's best and I'll figure it out. Thanks. You know? Um, I mean, full stop though, like full stop. You're going to do what works for you because you're her mother. Mm -hmm. I got to take a drink of my non-alcoholic wine for this. (laughs) (laughs) But it's no one's business what you choose, how you choose for your baby to sleep. It's your choice as her mother, because you're doing what's working for you and for her. And it's no one else's business unless they're going to come and sit with the baby while she cries and fusses. Exactly. Exactly. Like at the end of the day, and I found therapy was a big, so helpful in this is that I was validated in what I was doing and that it was nobody's business, but my own. And 
Um, I was mm -hmm. always doing what was best for her and I would never put her in harm's way and all this stuff. So anyways, mm -hmm. I, as soon as we told other people, like I told my friends or we told like my in-laws or Brandon's family, um, I got some, uh, I got some unsolicited advice or outdated, just crazy opinions, especially from people who don't have babies <laughs> or had babies that were unicorns or that just don't remember how hard it was with their babies, how hard sleep was. But, you know, one person did say to me, um, you probably shouldn't be doing that because remember of that like one story in the news about the parents rolling over on their baby and killing them. Like, aren't you afraid of that? Like, yes, I am, but I'm doing everything safely. I just like, I just could not. I was like, do you think that I would be doing this if that was something, really? you know what I mean? Like, thanks, but no thanks. I mean, yeah. there's there's so many different reasons why um, SIDS happens, why, you know, mm -hmm. baby, when you're sleeping, when you're co-sleeping and something happens during the night, there could be so many different factors that that mm -hmm. happened. Like maybe that person was under the influence. Maybe they were a sound mm -hmm. sleeper and shouldn't have been co-sleeping. Maybe mm -hmm. there were sheets that were up or pillows or whatever that were in the way. Um, maybe the baby had a condition that wasn't in the news or whatever that caused them to die in the night. Like they, you know what I mean? Like there's so yep, many different so, reasons. Yep. So it's happens for all kinds of reasons. And it could have happened simply because the baby's tongue hit the roof of their mouth weird and they couldn't breathe. Like it's, there's so many different reasons. And I just felt like the best thing for us was her to be with me. Um, mm -hmm. I felt like I could respond to her better. I just didn't, I felt like her being in the bassinet just didn't make sense because of how, I could see how uncomfortable she was mm -hmm. and she wanted to be close to me and I just decided to follow my own instincts and well it's important that you did too because it was important for you too you needed your sleep too yeah and at that point you know I mean especially early on you, yeah how long can you sit there fussing to get the baby back in the best net well I yeah. mean there was obviously some hard and rough nights like trying to get her to sleep and you know Brandon having to come in and do something different to get her to sleep um, during the night, you know, mm -hmm. like just having those, I mean, we, we all have those rough nights. So there, there, it wasn't always easy, but I just felt like that just was working better than having her trying. I, I did. I tried it like once a week, I would try the whole um, putting her down in the bassinet thing. Like I tried all the things, you know, of like rocking her and holding her a certain way and swaying her close to me as I put her down and putting her on her side and rolling her on her back and putting my hand on her chest and, and shushing. And, mm -hmm. um, I tried the sleep sack. I tried, I tried so many things. I tried and I tried and I tried and it just didn't work. Yeah. Having her with me was what worked at the time. And I wasn't ready to, uh, sleep train because of her age. You know, there's a lot of research on, you know, the harm that can be done if you start sleep training too early or when they're not ready. And I just felt like I wanted to um, wait until we, I felt ready and I felt like that she was ready. And I forget when it was, um, it was like six or seven months. Co-sleeping was just not working anymore. She was waking up like every 20 minutes to get on the boob. Cause at this point she was able to like reach for it. Like it wasn't like how it was before. So she would always like turn and go for it. So I had to like take my boob out and like turn a certain way or whatever. So it was just like broken sleeps all the time. And sometimes she would like wake up too much, you know, and it was hard to get her back down. So I, I felt like I, I was remember, Sorry. I remember there was one point we were talking and you literally messaged me 
at like five o'clock in the morning and you were like, I've been up with Evie since like three. And I was mm -hmm. like, what the fuck? Like literally it was like hours and I just like, I had no help in the day cause Brandon's working and like, I didn't really trust mm -hmm. that many people um, here with her and they, they didn't know what worked for her. I did. And I was just like, oh my God, like, this is not working anymore. I can't do this. What do I do? Like, I was just at this like point of like, this is never going to end. She's never going to be in her crib. What am I going to do? You know, it was just, so I kind of like me and Brandon had some talks and confided in some people and did some research. Um, I talked with like my therapist about all of this and decided that we would try some sleep training. So at first we tried getting her used to her crib and, you know, in, in different ways, like, you know, you, you put them in there like in a positive way. So you like, we're in her room a lot and we're in her crib or she's in her crib, sorry, playing and having that like positive relationship with her crib and then getting her to nap in her crib. So we would like sit beside her as she would fall asleep or have our hand on her and shushing her to sleep in her crib. Even if it was 20 minutes, that was a win, you know, we wanted her to get used to it. And eventually, you know, she would sleep in it for like an hour. And I was like, oh, my God, like, yay. And then when, once we felt like we're at a place where we could put her in the crib at night and we did the method of, gosh, what would be the word? I don't know what I should have looked up the definition of it, but we, we basically did the cryo, like the crying method. So like the first night we put her in the crib at, I forget whatever time it was and she cried for like 20 minutes and had to go in the basement and put the TV on loud. Um, but she fell asleep and she slept for like a few hours and then woke up fed, put her down in her crib and she went back to sleep. Like it was a miracle. It was like, then the next day we did the same thing for her nap. Like she would cry a little bit. Um, and I knew that if she would cry for like, I think it was, I said I would let her cry for a half an hour and then I would go get her and then I would watch her to make sure that she wasn't like throwing up or if there was a certain cry that would get like elevated, like she would start screaming or something, I would go in. Like I wasn't gonna let her do that. Like I knew her okay. cries, right? Yeah, you knew. I knew like certain cries. So uh, anyways, it worked. <laughs> like it was a miracle. Like I honestly did not think my baby would ever sleep on her own. And if that was the case, I mean, we would do what was what we would have to do. Like it is what it is. <laughs> But it worked and I was able to get my evenings back with my husband and sleep on my own for long stretches. And it was like, it was like the world just like changed for us. It was so crazy. And I was so proud of her. And I mean, she's still in her crib. Some nights we got to go in often to comfort her or feed her. And sometimes she has a harder time going down. But most often, like... She just goes down right away. We put her in her crib. She rolls all over and falls asleep. Like there's no crying unless something's wrong. So we've been really lucky. Yeah. But like when we travel, usually she ends up in the bed with us or with me, um, like because it's an unfamiliar, unfamiliar place and, you know, yeah. just wants to be close to us. So anyway, that was like, that was my journey. Um, it, yeah, it wasn't an easy one. My anxiety was super bad because of sleep deprivation um, feeling alone, feeling misunderstood, feeling judged. I had so much anxiety about, you know, when we would go places or whatever and trying to get her on a schedule and a routine. And I still am like that. Like I'm really routine oriented because I'm afraid if we, her routine is messed up that she's not going to sleep at night. So I'm still super anxious about her sleep. Like I'm always wanting everything to be on schedule and everything, her routine to go a certain way and her naps to be certain this and this and this because 
I want to sleep and like, I don't want to, I mean, to be honest, I don't want to deal with a crying baby or screaming baby or I don't want to get woken up in the night. Like I just want to sleep. So, yeah, I just, I still get anxious and I still have some rough nights, but I just, yeah, I wish I was educated more on all of this before yeah. because it, it was really, really hard. It was, like I said, it was one of the, the biggest struggles I had um, with navigating motherhood. So that's, that's my journey. Yeah. Wow. You guys had a bit of a roller coaster. And I know that we talked a lot. Oh, we did. We did talk a throughout um, this. So I'm happy that we had each other, but like, obviously everyone's experience is different mm -hmm. and you can't fully understand what the other one is, is going through. And we definitely sugarcoat things sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I was always thankful that you would like message me and ask how I'm doing and ask how things were going and stuff like that. Just it was yeah. nice, you know. Yeah, well, I'm glad. And it's it's kind of funny because it was sleep that brought us together because you were fine with, like, <laughs> you were like, this fucking sucks. I'm not sleeping. And I was like, me neither. And then that was made us come a lot closer. Like, I mean, we were close before we had babies, but I feel like it really it broke any it broke any barrier at that. Yeah, point. it did. We were able to relate on a new level, and yeah. yeah, sleep was like a breastfeeding and sleep was a big thing that we were able to like like connect on because we had kind of like similar experiences. So yeah, you want to like dive in on your your yeah. journey. <laughs> yeah. So we had mentioned before. I had mentioned before that I had a lazy. He was a really sleepy guy, like, from day one. He was a lazy nurser. He, I mean, like, newborns are just sleepy to begin with. But, like, we had a really good sleeper, and even that sucked. Why? Because you had to, like, get him up to feed or whatever, you mean? No, because it was, like, he was, like, he was still getting up. We were very fortunate, though. Like, we didn't have, like, he didn't have, like, colic or anything. So we had him on a route, like, uh, not like a sleep training routine, but we had him on a routine. Like, you know, at this time, he's going to bed, and we're getting up every three hours at that point, and... Um, but like at like four or five months, he was sleeping in his bassinet, you know, by eight o'clock he was asleep. Um, he was like, we weren't, like I said, we weren't sleep training, but we were just getting him used to that. So he was doing pretty good. He did wake up like, mul like multiple times a night and I would nurse him. He'd go back to sleep. He would transfer well, whatever. It was perfect at the time. And then, um, obviously like there was the rough nights of like, he's not sleeping. He has gas. His he started teething at like three months old. He's like, he's had such a rough go with his teeth and had a lot of opinions of like, oh, it's too like outdated opinions of like, he they don't teethe until like this old. And now there's like tons of research that shows that that's not true. They teethe whenever they do. It's unique to the baby. So anyway, he was teething quite early. So like there were days that like, he had gas or his teeth were bugging out and he was having a rough go that he wouldn't sleep. There was a couple of nights, obviously, you know, we were up and I was overwhelmed. It was like three o'clock in the morning. And, you know, you go through those when you're, when he's a newborn, like getting up to change him and feed him and all this stuff. At four or five months, like I said, he was in the bassinet beside us in our room and it was a good little routine that we had. And then at six months, he had his health scare. I, see, I say health scare. It was more like a freak accident. So... When that happened, I was not okay with him being away from me. I was no not kidding. <laughs> like I, was I wasn't okay with Evie being away from me, and nothing traumatic had happened to her, so I can't. Yeah. So imagine. I um, had a really hard time after that happened because, like I, I had said before, it kind of affirmed that if I, you know, let my guard down or if I'm not hyper vigilant, something could happen. And so that started our journey of close sleeping because I couldn't bear the thought of him sleeping in his crib because he was getting so big he couldn't sleep obviously like i don't even think they recommend after like over three months but he wasn't like, <laughs> he 
he wasn't moving in it obviously like i wouldn't have kept him in it but he was still still like he was still sleeping safely in it he wasn't like rolling and tossing and throwing himself around and he wasn't trying to crawl out of it or anything so but he exceeded the weight limit and then that's when i was like okay well i'm not putting him in his crib i think literally before he had that incident like before that happened he slept two nights in his crib and we were like wow this is awesome oh. and then that happened and i was like no he's in bed with me and i yeah. said oh. i think i literally said to peter it's like if you don't fucking like it you can sleep downstairs well i kind of yeah i mean I, i'm pretty sure i said to brandon like if you don't like the fact that we're co-sleeping it's like too bad like it's not your choice it's my choice yeah. and everything i do with the baby in terms of like sleeping and feeding is gonna and who takes care of her is gonna be up to me at the end of the day like we kind of got into that i was like sorry but no one else has an opinion besides me <laughs> just you, you, just be on board with it because it'll make things easier <laughs> yeah so at that point i was like he's coming into bed with us and you know what peter didn't even really like he wasn't even really against it yeah i, I expected backlash because i know he was he wasn't yeah co-sleeping at that point um but i thought i would get some too but anyway yeah no he was he understood because he was just as scared so he came home he's fine he's perfect there's no damage from anything and he was in bed with us for six months <laughs> i think 13 months actually uh, i can't remember until we got to house in six no sorry i jumped i made a really big time jump there <laughs> he was in bed with us from six months to he turned i think 14 months okay because we were at my mom's house we couldn't control the yeah the, the, i mean the environment was a little bit different too it was hard to, mm -hmm. to it's hard to manage when you're in someone else's space and all that too so yeah so he co-slept with us it worked i had a rail i know they don't recommend to use them but infants but peter was too nervous to, to have him sleep between us which is fair yeah so it was the alternative that it was either like and peter didn't want to sleep downstairs because that was our time to either like just see like just to see each other even if it wasn't yeah. baby um also i just want to like side note um like when we it's funny because when we do refer to like when when we say like they say they say we're talking about like medical professionals and like i'm talking about all professionals mm -hmm. i guess and evidence-based research out there but it's more so like north american culture too like what's accepted so yeah. think about like in different countries or even back yeah. like years and years and years ago i mean that was just a natural thing to do like yeah it was just natural and it is it is in different countries because a lot of people don't have multiple rooms or multiple beds um that's just their mm -hmm. situation um mm -hmm. some cultures it's just like yeah of course we sleep with our babies like that's what you mean you don't <laughs> you know and you think like in in po people who are in poverty or in places of like poverty i mean there's just multiple people sleeping in a house and they're sharing beds or sharing rooms it's just like normal so it's just funny that because we're like in a way almost privileged mm -hmm. um in our culture we're so opinionated and there's so much judgment that you know there's there's this pressure on having to have your baby sleep alone and sleep in their bassinet or crib and sleep through the night and all these things like it just sucks that that is the ideal way that there's not more like acceptance mm -hmm. on other ways and alternative ways of baby sleep or like doing whatever works for you i just i'm i see some some stuff out there you know coming around to it maybe it's just because i'm following different accounts that are more open to it but anyway that's just my my little sidebar just because like you had chose at that point to to co-sleep you know so that's mm -hmm. why i'm saying that you know it's like yeah. you so should feel you I, should have never like if you did you should have never felt ashamed for that decision you know yeah and i did for a little bit because um i'm just gonna be frank about it like 
my both like our families had very differing opinions about it. Um, Peter's family was very for routine, 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 crib, 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 let him cry it out, let him cry it out. The worst thing he's going to do is cry. And it's funny because my family's on the other side of it. Actually, I have to say my mom is for routine too. Um, my aunt and my grandmother were very um, opinionated about co-sleeping because they think it's more natural and it's it's all he knows and all that. And like I agreed, I do agree with it. Hmm. Um, I really enjoyed co-sleeping. I did it, I did it as safely as I could too. Yeah. Um, like I said, I did put the rail up. It's not recommended for babies, but he wasn't rolling into it. He was always safe. Like he. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and of course you you made sure that he was safe. I mean, you're his mom, and you know. Yeah. So. And then he did move in between us and we did, you know what, I really, like, and I just have to say, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed co-sleeping. It was convenient. It was easier for us because he was, so, he was nursing through the night so much. And yeah, I mean, it was just, there is some convenience with it for sure, especially if you're breastfeeding. Yeah. And then, <laughs> like, cause there was like so many points like, where there was, he, like, you know, when he was going through growth spurts and he was getting up every two and a half hours, two hours. Oh. And it's like, I'm not getting, like, if I get up and go sit in the nursery and nurse him and whatever, oh my God. I'm, like, stimulating myself so much that I can't go back to sleep. So at least if exactly, like, I can just whip my boob out, he can nurse, nurse himself to sleep. And you know what, worst case, best, worst case, I fall asleep with my boob out and he, he nurses himself again and, like, <laughs> there's so many nights I woke up with my boob out in her sleep. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. It, we had a lot of sweet 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 moments um, yeah and, and you'll always remember that you know and I treasure that for sure for, i will like i will cherish it forever um and it worked for us it did yeah every night 8 30 he was asleep that's perfect it worked <laughs> like it, it, and it's like, not like it like made things worse you know no so towards the end of my our journey at my mom's um it wasn't working for him because he was getting more alert and he was getting mm-hmm. more like he was coming into same his thing own with Evie. <laughs> yeah. So she, so, you know, we couldn't stay up and talk. We like me and Peter couldn't stay up and talk. We couldn't stay up and watch TV because he was like, <laughs> and we're like, no, 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 like go to bed, go to bed. And he was fighting it so much, but we couldn't quite get him. And he like, Tara hated his crib. So it's funny. Yeah. It's like, you're saying like you knew that you, like you you know the difference between Evie's cries and I knew the difference between Peter's, and he would fucking scream. I remember you like, saying that he would scream and I'm like, like cry or like, like just he was scream crying, like scream crying, hated his crib. And we were like, what am I supposed to do? I can't. Yeah. That. So it was like, if it was like little whines, like little like, oh, like, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like, come on, you're okay. Like, you just want your mom and I get it. I, you know, yeah. But like, so I remember around Christmas, you, at that point you were sleep training and I remember, like, I couldn't even let Evie cry. Like, I had an urge to go get her because I couldn't hear it. I remember you saying, you're like, do you want me to go get her? And I'm like... And you were like, no. I was like, no, wait, wait, wait a couple minutes. Like, she'll, she'll be stop. okay. Yeah. And I was like, are you sure? And you're like, yeah, it's fine. And I was like, because, like, I just can't bear it. it like, I know. I think it's just a trigger for me, though. Um, so, yeah, like, speaking of, like, trauma, you know, like, our you know, moms with trauma. It's definitely, um, they say, they say, no, my therapist said at first that she wasn't going to recommend it. Um, because people with trauma, it can be very triggering and very difficult to to go through with like for sleep training. Like, you know, she was like, do whatever works for you and do it, you know, any way that you can or whatever. But like, 
She's like, I, de- I definitely would like wait a little bit till she's older and, you know, do your research and whatever. Like if it doesn't work, just go back to whatever works for you. Like, yeah, it's going to be difficult. <laughs> so I remember, so I remember we were there and I was like, I can't, like, I can't, I can't even listen to Abby cry. I was like, and I like, I was just like, Oh my gosh, Tara's so tough. Like Tara's so much like stronger than me. Like I can't handle it. Like, Oh my God, I'm such a baby. And we went home and we had gotten him um, like that indoor play yard for, for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to figure out where to set it up. And um, we made the decision that we were going to dismantle the crib because we were like, he's not sleeping in it anyway. So yeah. <laughs> so we took the crib apart and we put his play yard up and we put the mattress on the floor. And then he did have a night or two where he slept on that mattress, but it just, it still wasn't working. So we gave up on trying to sleep train. So we just kept him in bed with us. Cause like I said, we didn't have control of the space and the environment and all of this stuff. So, um, but once we got into our house, like I said, sleep, co-sleeping at that point wasn't working for us. He was kicking us in the face. He was punching <laughs> us. Like, and he's a big boy. Like in like seeing him next to every the other day, like that really looked up and all. I was like, holy fuck, he's big. Like he's tall. He's... I can't imagine how much space he takes up. <laughs> he sleeps diagonally too. So like, <laughs> So, like, he was sleeping, like, lengthways between Peter and I, and, like, we had a king-size bed, and it's still not enough room. <laughs> and I'm like, holy fuck, okay. So, we got into the house, we got the crib set up, so we first, we started, like, we tried. So, I'll, like, I'll, I will preface with, I still cannot let him cry. Um, oh, it's so fucking hard. It's, it's so <sighs> fucking hard. I can't do it. Uh, <sighs> we, we cry with them. <laughs> Oh, I fucking do. So the first night we were here, he slept in bed with us and it was really sweet. And then the second night, so I looked up like the wake windows again, look up the wake windows and sleep like the nap schedule and whatever. And for his age, he's down to one nap. He will not nap twice. If he naps twice, he's, he's done for the day. Like he cannot. Okay. Um, so he's down to one nap a day. It's a long nap though. Okay. Yeah. It's probably like two hours. eh? Yeah. We aim for like two hours and 15 minutes. So they said, they said at his age, he should be sleeping from seven to seven and his nap should be from 1145 to two o'clock. That schedule did not fucking work for us at all. Well, yeah, because every baby is different. It's just like something to go off of. Like, yeah. So we tried it for a couple days and he went to sleep at seven o'clock and I was like, what the fuck? So two nights at like the seven to seven worked and I was like, huh? But then mm-hmm. it quickly turned that it didn't. He was waking up at nine o'clock and he was ready to fucking party. <laughs> and we were like, what the hell? So he's like sitting in the crib and he's like laughing at us and smiling with us. And he's just like, I'm not going to bed. And we're like, fuck. Mm. So um, we adjusted it. The nap time stayed the same, but we moved the time, like the time frame from eight to eight. And knock on wood, because every single time I talk about his sleep, I fuck it up. <laughs> it's. It's been okay. I'm just gonna say it's been okay. Yeah, it's been wor- it's been working for us. We still have an odd night. He gets up around twelve and he's like sucky or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it depends on what he's going through. If he's not, feeling yeah, good, if he has if his teeth are bugging him, but he naps in his crib now. He sleeps that's, in his crib. At that's night. like a one. That's a one eighty for him. Oh fuck yeah, it was. But because you were like in the same place where you're like, this is hell, like. Well, because it was getting to a point like, where I wasn't sleeping. He was getting up and he was whining and sucking and like moving around. Like, there's a couple nights he fucking headbutted me, Tara. And oh you see God. the size of his head. Like, that's not just. Oh, yeah. Like, he almost knocked me out. And I'm like, Remember, you oh. said, like, 
Junior was like, why does he beat on you so much? Yeah, Peter literally says to me, he's like, why is he so rough with you? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't get it. And like, he literally, like, he headbutts me, he pinches me, he like, he's so mean to me sometimes. And I'm like, oh my god, and like, he's big, so it's like, he's mean. Like, like, yeah, a little bully. He's a little bully to me. I'm like, god, stop it. Um, so, but it's been really nice, because he's been, after after rewind a little bit. So, I, like I mentioned, I can't let him cry. I, and you know what? It's funny, because I really thought Peter was going to be the one to be like, no, let him cry. Go for a drive. Peter's worse than me. That's so crazy. He's worse than I am. There was one night I was so frustrated because he was like screaming, crying in my face as I'm trying to soothe him. And I went out and I was just like, I need to take a breather because I'm getting frustrated because I'm, you know, have a long day at work, whatever. Yeah, and you're human. And I'm human. So he's been screaming in my face for 20 minutes. Like, um, and then Peter, Peter's like, well, are you going to let him cry? And I was like, well, I'm not going in there right now. So um, I'm just going to take a breather and I'll try again in a few minutes. And Peter, Peter was like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and see what he does. And Peter lasted maybe five minutes. And he was like, okay, I'm going. Wow. Yeah. So Peter can't let him do it either. So it's funny that it's been. Yeah, it's both of you. Wow. Yeah, we both really can't deal with it. I mean, I had a hard time at first. Like, I was vibrating, like, with anxiety. Um, I couldn't, like, I was trying to watch TV and I just couldn't even, like, watch the show. I was just, like, pretending that I was into it and that I was tough to Brandon. But yeah, I'm I'm just really thankful that like she didn't cry for like more than like 10, 20 minutes because I don't know what I would you just feel like such a shitty mom too and you, you question yourself, like, am I doing the right thing? She would just go back to co sleeping because you don't want to hear them cry like that. But then also you guys like you're not getting any sleep between me and her and we're both cranky the next day and it's just like yeah. You know, we we just we got to get through this together, and we'll just we'll figure it out, I guess. And mm-hmm. I mean, still, there's some nights where she gets up in the middle of the night, and I go down and nurse her and change her diaper and um, put her down because she fell asleep on me. And then she wakes up and she's like crying again, and I'm like, Brandon's like, just let her cry. I'm like, but then I don't sleep. Like I'm just hearing her cry. Like I might as well go down. Yeah, might as well just go and see what I can do. Um, yeah, like yeah, so it's, it's it's tough. Yeah, so I think I, I talked to my therapist about it, too, because I was like, I can't, like, I don't know, I can't deal with it. Like, I really can't handle him crying. Like, it's a trigger for me or something. Like, it sends me into fight or flight, and I have to go get him. And she was like, yeah, well, that's, you know, you've dealt with trauma in your life, and a lot of your trauma is, um, you know, you've dealt with some feelings of, like, emotional neglect. I was just going to say, like, did she get into it? Because, yeah, mine did, too. Yeah, she really got into me about it. And not like it's not to say that I was neglected in any other way. I was just a very emotional child. And I was, you know, I had, there was times I was sent to my room and like left to deal with it by myself. And Like your uh, emotional needs weren't met and that can yeah. stick with you forever. Like if your yeah. emotional needs were not met. Yeah. And um, so it's such a trigger for me to hear my son cry. So I just can't deal with it. Um, so we've opted for giving him support and comfort to sleep. Yeah. And it works. And he sleeps. And he sleeps, right? Like he's, it's not like he's co-sleeping. He's, or sometimes he's with you guys, but most of the time he's in his crib. So. Yeah. Six days out of the week, he's in his crib. And that's, that's awesome. Like. Yeah. And it's better than what it was before. He couldn't even sit in his crib for 10 minutes without screeching. So he's doing really well. He sleeps majority of the time through the night. 
so jealous. Oh, Evie's you know, <laughs> like, I think, wait, there was like a week or a couple of days. What was it? It was like a few days where she slept through the night. Mm-hmm. And I like told like Vanessa this. I was like, yeah, like last night, Evie slept through, slept through the night. I'm like, this is amazing. Oh my God. Like, I wish I did this sooner. And she was like, oh, like you suck. Like her daughter wasn't at this point, like sleeping through the night. And then like a couple days later, I was like, just kidding. It lasted like two days. Yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, it's it that that fun is over, but yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's been pretty good. It doesn't always like it's not every night he does. Like sometimes he gets up and he's fussy and his teeth are hurting. And you mm. know, like I said, there's been the time that he does like come to one night he comes to bed with us. Like it's fine. But other than that, he's been having a pretty good time. Um, his babysitters are pretty good about his nap schedule. So it's funny now. So as like as I mentioned, Peter's family's like routine, put him in the crib, let him cry it out, like there's nothing wrong with it, ho, ho, ho. and not that I think, like, it's just not for me, mm-hmm. wrong with, like, letting them cry, like, because like you said, you know the difference between Eddie's cries, I know the difference between Peter's cries, and obviously if there's something wrong, we're not going to leave him there, it's different, like, it's when, anyway, we know the difference, but I personally couldn't do it, because it was a trigger for me, so it's different, it's so funny to see um, the difference in opinion, because... <laughs> My grandmother and my aunt are very like, he should be in bed with you. It's unnatural that he's in his crib. Like, oh, like that's that's so crazy. crazy. Wow. And it's so funny. My grandmother jokes. She's like, oh my God, that's child abuse. You leave him in that crib all by himself. And I'm wow. Like, and that's something that you just like, you wouldn't really hear. And I wonder if it's yeah. just. Um, I think it's a cultural thing too. I was just going to ask, like, do you think that's something within your yeah. culture that's just normalized? Yeah. My, my aunt, my grandmother said that her, that, so like my mom and. My aunt slept in bed with her when she when they were young too. So, okay. um, and then like my aunt's kids slept sleep with her. But to be fair, there's also good and bad to that because my aunt's six year old still sleeps with her. Okay. So. Well, I mean, and that's what it is. Sometimes, like sometimes our babies or our kids, whatever, will sleep with us for X amount of years, and it's like whatever works, right? Like. Yeah, it's whatever works for people. I just knew that wasn't going to work for me. So he's, Yeah, you're like, nope. Because <laughs> well, he's big. Like, like, he's a big boy now. Like, mm-hmm. I can't imagine how, you know, how tall and like, he's And Junior is a big boy. So, like, sleeping yeah. with two big boys. Yeah, I'll just, I'll, like, one of them's going to end up on the couch. And it's probably going to be <laughs> Peter. So it's a sin. So, But it's crazy to see, like, the difference in opinion um, between our families. Because, like I said, his family's very, like, routine, crib. He shouldn't be in bed with you. And then my family's like, that's child abuse. You leave him in that crib by himself. And I'm like, but I mean, that's probably um, nice and comforting that you had that support of like normalizing your situation. Whereas most of the time it's like frowned upon to do that. Right. And you get so much like backlash and judgment. So, yeah. Just to get back into the opinions from people. I, um, I, I struggled the same with you. Um, people were asking me at like three months old, like, is he sleeping through the night? Is he sleeping through the night? Oh, if he's not sleeping through the night, and I'm coming right back to this comment, oh, put cereal in his bottle, he'll sleep through the night then. And I'm like, no. So, like, I remember I was talking to my mom one day, and my mom was like, just tell people he sleeps through the night and I'll leave you alone. But that sucks that you'd have to lie. But it's like, like, I said that to her, I was like, I shouldn't have to fucking lie to people, and people should fuck off. <laughs> That's the whole issue is that it's not talked about, um, it's not normalized, and people suffer in silence. Like, yep. I mean, I definitely suffered in silence for like for a little bit. You know, I was hiding it from a lot of people, like I said. 
and I felt judged and I felt anxious anywhere I went or anytime anyone asked me about it. And I, I think we both had a lot of, um, different opinions come our way. Like I had, I think we had similar opinions thrown at us of like noise will help and you got to make noise and they need to learn to like live with the noise or let them, let them cry or just put them down and walk away. They'll be fine. And it's like, Okay, A, do you, you don't think I've tried that? You don't, oh, thank you. I did not think, yeah, I did not think of that. Putting them down and walking away. Oh my God, you know, I should try that. I should no, like, like, <laughs> and like, I hated the whole opinion of like making noise and having them get used to noise because it's like, do you sleep with noise? Do you like people yelling and screaming and partying and stomping around when you sleep? Yeah. Probably not. not. Not everyone is like a sound sleeper. Because mm-hmm. I know that I don't like when I can hear people being loud and rambunctious or when I can just hear loud things that are not conducive to me sleeping soundly. So why is it that we have these expectations on babies to like be these amazing sleepers and it doesn't work for us? (laughs) It's like it always blew my mind that people had so many opinions on how my baby slept when I was the one that in the thick of it like trying to get my baby to sleep. I think I literally said to someone if you if you think you can do it better I want, I, I think, I, like I said, I, I can't remember what I said it to I said, if you think you can do it better, be here at 8 o'clock. I'll see you then. We'll, come on over. Do it. Like, come I'll, on over. Come yeah, over. If, if you can fix my baby and make him sleep, go ahead. Go ahead. If, you, if you can make him sleep through the night, by all fucking means. And then someone was like, oh, you don't have to be so confrontational about it. And I was like, well, then don't. Then you're being confrontational by telling me what I should be doing with my baby. Like, fuck yeah. off. Like, it's my I'm baby. With- like. <laughs> I'm with my baby 24-7. Do you really think I didn't fucking try everything you suggested? And we tried. We both, I'm sure, tried everything. Mm-hmm. Everything that's mm-hmm. out there. Every advice. I I contemplated a fucking sleep consultant, Tara. Oh, my God. Same. I was like. A fucking sleep consultant. I was like, if it'll make my fucking baby sleep, I don't care. Right? Because sleep deprivation is real. It fucks you up. It's. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So like anything to, to get through this, you know, and like, it's just crazy how people think that they know our babies better than we do. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. And it blew my mind how much negativity and like how much shame I felt for co-sleeping when mm-hmm. I said my, like, it was because I had so much anxiety and like, I had people say similar things to me like, oh, well, don't you know that increases the risks of like SIDS and you know, aren't you scared you're going to roll over in the night or aren't you scared Peter's going to roll on him in the night? You think, you think I didn't think of that? <laughs> but you know what? You know what the fear fear outweighed it? Of him dying in his fucking best net. Yeah, because of what happened. Or like him vomiting and aspirating in his sleep and I wasn't there to get him in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's so many times where I would wake up and check if she was, like, whenever she was in the bassinet a few times, like, I would wake up to make sure she was breathing. Like, yeah, I was so scared of that. Even when she was in her crib, I would like look at the monitor and like zoom in to see if her chest was going up and down. I like full stop. I still do it. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of moms do it and do it for a long time. Like it's mm-hmm. it's real fear. So sometimes having them close to us, it reassures us that our babies are okay because we're the closest thing, the best thing to keep them safe. Yeah, and it's like you said, like um, you said something you've mentioned before about close sleeping. Um, it's like you were like stiff as a board, or like you were still as a board. Yeah, like, I, I think I did the C one, so, like, she was um, laying on her back, under my arm. Yeah, like under on, on her Yeah, like, close to my side, or however it was, and I, like, had my knees up, and the blankets were only up to my knees, and not on... Anyway, I, I, 
yeah, and I did, and I didn't move. <laughs> yeah, Peter had his own blanket and everything. I did the same thing. Yeah, so I did whatever I thought. I was like so nervous about it. Of course, I was nervous. I was anxious about everything in terms of sleep, uh, and of her health, and of her because I also had intrusive thoughts of think bad things happen happening to her, and mm -hmm. um, it definitely alleviated a lot of things, especially her as a newborn, having her close to me. Yeah. So how did you feel when she started sleeping in her crib? And I'm, this is just, I know the layout of your house and I know your room is all the way upstairs. How did you handle that? Oh my God. So having her crying, listening to her cry and leaving her alone was so, it brought, it definitely triggered me too. It brought me back um, into like a childlike state of being neglected and abandoned. And um, I, I was like fearful that she would feel that, but like, she's a baby, you know, like she doesn't feel those big feelings. I mean, yeah. She's obviously looking for us and all that stuff, but like that was tough. Having the monitor being able to watch her was it is a huge was a huge help. But being upstairs, so it was good that, you know, when she was with us, I mean, she was on the same floor as me. But my master bedroom is on like a third floor suite. So it's like it's like above our garage. It's not even like a third floor. It's it's like its own room. Anyways. So that was, I wasn't sure how I was going to do that because I was like, what if the monitor turns off in the night and I don't hear it turn off? And what if I don't hear her and she's crying and she, like, yeah, I went through all those, yeah. those feelings. So for a while, there was a lot of times where I slept downstairs or Brandon did so that either way, one of us would hear her. Yeah. Um, and I would, I found I, my instinct, instinctively, I would wake up through the night and check the monitor to make sure it's working. And I always had it plugged in so I wouldn't die. Yeah, and she woke up enough that after a while I realized that I could hear her because like when she would nap, I'd go upstairs just to see like whenever she would wake up, like how I could hear her. And I'm like, oh, like I can hear her without the monitor all the way up here. So yeah, like I was definitely fearful of that, of like having her on a different floor yeah. than me. But um, it hasn't been an issue since then. Like I haven't really, I mean, I'm lying. <laughs> so when I was at my mom's, like on our way back from Halifax, I forgot the charger for the monitor. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. I slept downstairs in the um, spare room so that I could hear her wake up. And like, I heard her and would respond to her, but I was afraid of being upstairs that I wouldn't hear her. Um, and then finally we found a charger that worked. So I've been back upstairs. But anyways, like, yeah, I still have those fears of like, yeah. wanting to meet her needs especially now that she's getting older right and understanding more yeah yeah for sure so it's funny that yeah that you say that yeah because um, when we were at my mom's i was so nervous of him even just being like we were on the same level but he was like two doors two rooms down from mine so how it was is like our room was on the right side his room wasn't even like the one directly across it was like oh it was a door down okay so it was like like i said it was like a, it was two doors away pretty much mm -hmm. and i was scared i wouldn't hear him i was scared that it's funny that we think that though but like they their cry is so loud that like so loud. anyone anyone can hear it <laughs> yeah literally and but i was just like so scared i was like if something happens like i'm too far away and i when I looked at, when we looked at this house before you moved in, I, I factored that in. Like people were like, sorry, no, sorry. I didn't factor that in. Other people were saying that before I even got pregnant because I knew we wanted kids. They were like, well, your master bedroom is on a different floor. Mm -hmm. Like 
aren't you like you're not gonna you know you're, you're okay with that and it's like ugh, like you know like i was i did this or i did that like i'm so sick of people comparing you know my situation to other people's situations or saying like this is what worked for me well i did this and i'm like okay well like it doesn't work for me and yeah. i don't want to do that and it's not your fucking business it's just like, not for me yeah like <laughs> i still struggle with my intrusive thoughts sometimes so i'm still zooming in on the monitor like so I feel a little bit more comforted knowing that, like, and he was with me until like three weeks ago. Yeah, so you're still getting used to it, whereas Evie has been She's in been there like three, four months. Yeah, yeah. and but I still worry about her, obviously. Like, I'm always yeah. going to. Yeah. Like, how you said earlier that. I was able to sleep train and I must be so tough. I wasn't fucking tough. I was struggling. It was so hard to do it, but I just, I didn't know, I didn't know nothing else I could do anymore. Like the sleep, co-sleeping wasn't working mm -hmm. and I couldn't function the next day. Like sleep deprivation was getting to me at an all time high. Um, it was affecting my day to day anxiety, my mood, my relationship with my husband, how I am, how I was as a mother. And especially when you have a baby who's starting to crawl and do this and do that, like you gotta be on them and you, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like it's just so like mentally is exhausting and it's just annoying for people that don't understand what sleep deprivation is because it's like i hate okay i would hate when brandon would be like when he first when this was first starting out that i would when i was trying to get him to understand um he was like well i don't get good sleeps like i toss and turn and i wake multiple times a night and i'm like that's not the fucking same not at, all. at all like it's not the same at all and he's like you like and i go to work the next day or whatever. i'm like oh fucking sit down like you have no way it's so fucking dangerous and i remember and i remember there was a point for me too because i remember I wasn't waking Peter because it's like I'm breastfeeding. It doesn't make sense to wake him up. Or, like, what's he gonna do? So he's gonna watch me fucking breastfeed? Like, yeah. I mean, like sometimes it's nice to have them there if you're having like a really long night, but other times it's like, yeah. why? Like, there's no point. And there was like, there's been so you know, there was times that like I didn't wake him up, and like, and then I would get resentful because I didn't wake him up, and I was so fucking the next day. And I remember I was like, you motherfucker, because there was a, it, he would, and he literally said it, and he said it like on the podcast. He literally said, "Oh, it must be nice to nap all day." And I yeah. was like, you fucking motherfucker. I was so. <laughs> I was gonna fight him. It's so funny that you said that you felt resentful. It's true, eh? You just look at them and you're like, must be nice. Must be nice. You go to fucking sleep at nine o'clock and you get to sleep Stanley till six because I deal with the baby all night. Exactly. Fuck it's you. a full sleep. Like Fuck you. <laughs> I literally looked at him one day, I was like, You have you have full interrupted sleep. And he goes, No. Like I, I was like, Don't even fucking lie to no, me. No, no. Like, Don't say that you wake up to pee or you wake up to whatever. Like, no. What do you think? Just because you wake up at six o'clock in the fucking morning to go to work does not mean that you did not sleep from eleven to six uninterrupted. Because I I was the one with the baby and I remember you snoring. Yes. So exactly. There was one night and this was like I think so I remember I was I did so full disclosure, I listen back podcasts sometimes. Um just to like make sure it sounds okay and like I didn't Yeah, so do I mean so do I of course. Yeah. So um I listened to the episode where you talked to like postpartum mental health and I said something about my realization that something might be wrong. I had that realization sooner than I recalled. And it was about sleep. Yeah. <laughs> it's about sleep, yeah. I uh, was having a really rough night with the baby. We were at my aunt's house and the baby was just he had a lot of gas, he wasn't feeling very well. Very constantly but he was either constantly or just had a lot of gas. I can't really remember. And it was like Peter not just started, but he, he was he was in his job at the new like the construction company, whatever. And he was fucking exhausted. And I remember like he was like the baby was so miserable. He was screaming, crying, and nothing was helping. I was giving him the boob, I'm burping him. I was doing like the bicycle legs, like everything. And he wouldn't fucking sleep. And he was just so mad. But anyway, um, my aunt came up, my aunt, and my mom came over, and then um, you know gave him some great water and I was just sitting 
downstairs and I was like, you know, doing the bump pads and bouncing them a little bit, trying to get him to soothe. And it, at this point, it's like 1230 at night. So the room that I was in was directly beside the room. So I was sitting in the rocking chair like here, like patting him. Like doing the thing, rocking and patting him. And Peter snoring so fucking loud. And I was like, oh my God. Or like he, like, and he had just fallen asleep. Like, and to be fair, he did, like, he did fight his hardest to stay awake with us as long as he physically could handle. But he fell asleep and I went to the next room. And I was like, whatever. So I'm sitting there and I'm down. I need him to sleep. And then I can hear him snoring through the fucking wall. And my mom was sitting beside me. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, fuck. And my mom's like, what? And I was like, I'm going to fucking kill him. And my mom was like, what? I was like, I was like, I was like, mom, I was like, I'm not going to hurt my baby. I'm not going to hurt my baby, but I might fucking smother him. <laughs> And my mom, and then I kind of, after I said it, I was like, oh shit. This is not good. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's, that there's the elephant. Yeah, yeah. But I literally was like, I'm going to go in that room. I'm going to put a pillow over his fucking face and I'm going to sit on him. Oh, uh, like res- the resent that you <laughs> feel for, uh, it's, yeah. And he was like, because how fucking dare you sleep so soundly? It's like, how? How are you sleeping how soundly? How fucking dare you sleep so soundly when I'm dealing with her? Like when I'm trying to console our, like our, our, our baby, like uncontrollably, like, oh my God, I was so mad. Yeah. So that's what, that's just what uh broke camel's back man you're like yep i need help (laughs) and i think that's what made me go talk to my doctor in the first place and i was like because obviously like everything was like a bit foggy and i I think it took me a long it did take me a long time to really recognize it um i thought it was normal to want to kill your partner (laughs) (laughs) um so I talked to my doctor and we talked about some like things I could do and it was like without medication. He was like, Yeah, like just go outside, go for walks. Like and I said I said to the doctor, I was like, I don't want to hurt my baby. I wanted to I wanted to hurt Peter though. Because he's he had like how dare him. Like I know, I, I remember some nights of just like or some days of just like my blood just rising. Mm-hmm. Like just like oof. Like just wanting to like just I don't even know like just being so resentful, so angry, so like mm-hmm. ugh. And then like, they just oh they just don't understand. They, they don't get it. They don't get it. And I literally remember like I sat and I stared at that fucking wall and I was like, how dare you sleep so peacefully while I'm trying to console our our baby who is so miserable and upset right now? How dare you? I was so blows my mind. It, like yeah. blows my mind though. Like how it's possible? Like how? Like yeah. How are you and doing? He's, that? he's still still still. He will still sleep with baby's monitor. Same with Brandon. So I asked him, I'm like, did you hear the baby last night? And he's like, no, I don't think so. <sighs> he just doesn't. And I'm like, oh my god. So um, another thing, I used to get so fucking mad. Like, this was something I struggled with because I, like, I lived in someone else's house. And I don't know if you struggled with it as much. Maybe like having visitors or whatever. I used to get so fucking mad because like how I used to hang out in the baby's nursery a lot. We had a rocking chair and a TV. I can't, he contact nap like 90% Actually, 100% of the time. <laughs> we contact nap. And I loved it. I miss it. Mm-hmm. I'd still do it if I, if I would still do it if he wanted I miss when he would just like fall asleep holding my face. It was super sweet. Oh, I love that sometimes when she, sorry, yeah, when she uh, falls asleep on me, I just, I, I take it in for like a couple minutes and just lay there like, yeah, oh. I just, I just let it happen now. Cause anyway, so there was times that like, I'd get so fucking mad because like people would come into my mom's house and they would slam the door and they would wake up my fucking baby and I was like you like uh, especially when it's not your own space yeah it was so hard because you can't control it right it's not it's not my space no like it's not your I mean it's different now that you have your own space but like yeah I found for me like going back to like boundaries that was one thing I had to set in place of like when you're gonna come over you need to call before because mm-hmm. um, there were sometimes when people just showed up and we'd be like, leave, like you need to leave it's not a good time like we're trying to get the baby to sleep or Maybe sleeping or whatever, but like Brandon's grandparents still show up unannounced. Like I think it's just because that's how they were their whole life and it's hard to change people who are in their 80s right i mean whatever sometimes they call but a lot of times they just show up and i'm like no like evie's napping and there's been times where they just will try to make noise or they've gone into the room to like wake her up and i'm like yeah and 
Uh, there was a lot of time. There were some times when people would come over when Evie's napping, and they knew she was napping. Mm-hmm. And I would say, like, if, especially like in the summer, because um, a lot of time we're out, we're outside. So I'm like, just go around because we have like a we have two doors that you can go into, one on the deck, one to the backyard. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I would like motion to like, do not come in my fucking house. Go outside. Go around. We're outside or whatever. Don't even come in if you're gonna come in. Fucking tippy toe. Mm-hmm. Like. Do not make a sound. And then there's the comments of, oh, they have to get used to noise. I'm like, no. As soon as you make a noise, she is up. She's going to freak out. It's going to throw everything off. Like, you don't understand what it takes for me to get this baby to, especially early on, like when they're napping and sleeping however many hours in the day. I'm like, like we had bought in that swing, mm-hmm. you know, like that I, I had showed you. Yeah. Um, Because that was like one of the things that she would only nap in. So that's what we had to use. And I just got so annoyed when people would come over and they'd make all this noise and just walk in my house. Yeah. I'm like what like I just feel like it's common sense when you go to someone's house who has a baby you either you don't knock you like tell them you're there from outside yeah. or you like call before or you like whatever I just just it wouldn't make sense to me and I got some backlash about that about like getting mad at people for, for walking in and like being loud when Evie was sleeping like I'd like to say that <laughs> your fucking house oh I can't Kennedy like I just can't sometimes with people I just don't understand I just don't understand it's literally your fucking house and if you're asking people to be quiet the least they can do is respect it as your baby is sleeping <sighs> and it's just like you like i just i just wanted to be like you have no idea what i just went through today like you don't know what i'm going through how hard it was to get this baby to sleep or like what kind of damn you just like just be respectful of someone's space like exactly this is my fucking house yeah like i just can't with some people i don't know yeah i can't deal with it either so and it was super hard like being in my mom's house because it wasn't our space right so we couldn't determine yeah, how did you deal with that like was you- i was an angry I was a little mushed up ball of fucking resentment and anger because my baby. Did you say anything to anybody or did you say anything to your mom or you just kind of like held it in? My mom, no matter how much I talked to my mom about it, it was, this. well, this is my house. And I was like, I understand that, but my baby's trying to sleep. I'm not asking that you guys are being fucking quiet. I'm asking that you guys at least be respectful of the fact that there's a baby sleeping in the room that is directly beside the front door. So maybe don't slam the front door. And can you guys like just keep your tone at a reasonable sound? I'm not asking you to fucking whisper. I'm not, I'm just asking you not to fucking Yeah. That's fair. And, and she was like, oh, well, you know, I can't control people, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but you can also set the tone. Yeah, you can set some boundaries and it is your home. And I get that. It is- I'm not trying to get you to stop having visitors. I'm not trying to get you to stop having people here, whatever. And it was a little bit easier in the summer because people would sit on the patio. Yeah. And like the cooler months, it was harder. And like I said, like my mom's door, like it doesn't just like, she has a storm bar. Okay. And it just put a slant. Yeah, that's the worst. I get so fucking mad. I still get mad when people are here and they say on the doors, I'm like, oh, like someone save me because I'm going to snap and like yeah i get so triggered so trigger. my dog i don't know if, if bear does but like moose when people come here or whatever uh yeah we, usually people come here when they get into the driveway or pull up or whatever he howls like he barks and howls no bear doesn't make a fucking sound so like oh <laughs> Yeah, no. And it's like you don't know what the like what we're going through as moms to try to get our babies to sleep at all. So like you don't know if the baby had like like went up for a nap easy, went down to bed easy. And it's like for you to say like anything about how my baby's well, sleeping. I feel like it just comes down to being respectful and self-aware, you know, mm-hmm. just to be like it's not about me. I mean, you know, I'm coming into someone else's space and why not just ask or just be sure? Like I feel mm-hmm. like that's all it comes down to at the end of the day is just respect. Like mm-hmm. even if you don't have babies of your own and you don't get it, like at least just be a little bit respectful and consider it and mm-hmm. but a lot of people you know some people struggle with that and have a hard time because they're so self-centered and thinking of their own you know needs before anybody else is yeah i had a hard time with naps that nap was our napping was our hardest any other like um unsolicited advice or opinions or Both backlash that you got 
sleep when the baby sleeps. Um, you shouldn't co-sleep. It's not good for you. You know, the baby should sleep. Oh, that. and the attachment yeah. thing of like making oh. your babies too attached. Yeah, people say, oh, you're breastfeeding and co-sleeping. Your baby's never going to leave your side. Mm-hmm. Oh, just put your baby down because like all he's going to do is cry. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, fuck you. You don't know what I'm dealing with. We'll figure it out. And it's not going to last forever, so... Yeah, we were big fans of contact napping. I was a huge fan of car naps. I was a fan of car naps. He loves the car to this day, and so I really do believe it's because I, at like two or three months, I was taking him in the car to have naps. Yeah, it's it's almost good that you guys started that early on and got him used to it. Like, yeah, all I needed uh, to get out of the house, right? Well, yeah, especially when you're you were living with someone else, like you needed to get out. I just find it's hard for us. Like, she doesn't like the car, and she struggles with other and other people's space so mm-hmm. i get so anxious going and traveling that's why i don't go places much that's why i don't go to like my mom's or my sisters or here or there because i know what's going to be a rough night and yeah. then you're in someone else's space and yeah you can't control it exactly yeah so it's pretty rough um i'm a firm believer of doing what works for you and if that's sleep training if that's having a routine if that's co-sleeping if that's you know abiding by a strict sleep schedule then fucking do it but do what works for you don't listen to other people's bullshit because odds are they haven't had a kid in 25 years yeah i was that's i was you're reading my mind i was just gonna say like at the end of the day do whatever works for you like if you know the one people who are listening i mean you might think like oh that that worked for them like maybe it'll work for me and um but it might not like there's some things that work that worked for us that won't for other people or you know but um there is a lot of you know information out there that you can read up on or um reach out to other people i find as soon as you reach out to other moms you start to understand that we're all in this like together like there's other moms that are going through it they're just like you know ashamed to talk about it and scared of of the judgment so we need to just like break the stigma on like baby sleep and we need to stop judging each other and um and also need to stop going down the Google rabbit hole because you can find bad things either way. Yes. I find you definitely need to like be careful of what you're reading. Like you need to track the sources mm-hmm. and different accounts that you follow. Just like be sure of like who that person is on that account. Like what kind of training and education they have. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like medical professionals. Well, some, I mean, I mean, I have also some outdated mm-hmm. <laughs> um, opinions. Like I don't really talk to my nurse practitioner about my baby sleep because she just has different opinions on that. But you know, some new doctors and new nurse practitioners have you know updated mm-hmm. research and, and stuff up you know because things are are now different in 2023 we're being more accepting of things and but i think we still have a, a long way to go so like um i felt like it was just super important for us to talk about sleep like even though i was really anxious about it because of the the judgment Oops. that you know that that we may get but yeah. whatever i stand i stand by what i did i stand by my choices yeah I, me too I, but yeah i i <laughs> It takes a lot to get to this point, but I don't really care what people, I like, I, you know, I value everyone's input and whatever, but it's at the same time, like no one was in what I, like no one was doing what I was doing. No one was there with me while I was doing the things that I was doing. Yeah. Uh, said they have a fucking unicorn baby who just, you know, goes in the crib and closes their eyes. I yeah. had a baby who wanted to be on me 24-7 mm-hmm. and hated the carrier. Like the only way that my son would sleep during the day was in the car or in my arms. And yeah. I, so. yeah, I did what worked for me and I don't regret it. It saved my, it saved a lot. Sanity. <laughs> Uh, probably my relationship too even though peter didn't understand how even pete like peter didn't understand it either but uh, no but i mean it it helps when you're on the same page like brennan was super supportive of whatever i was gonna do like when i mentioned co-sleeping he was like yeah do whatever's gonna work
work. You know, I want you to be okay. And I'm here to, to support you. And anytime that anyone would bring it up and have different opinions, he would, you know, shut it down as well. And yeah. um, whatever we do, like moving forward, it, it feels good to have him on the same page. And yeah, Peter doesn't regret it either. Funnily enough, he doesn't regret having had him in her bed till, you know, a few weeks ago. I don't think he would have did it differently either. He was just as scared as I was after um, yeah. his incident. And it gave us a little bit of peace of mind. And now mm-hmm. that we said we have more control over the environment that we're in now, it's easier for us to create a safe environment that he feels comfortable to sleep in. Yeah. But like we said, like it, you got to do what works for you and what works for you and your baby. And if that's co-sleeping, it's co-sleeping. If that's sleep training, that's sleep training. But yeah. don't let all of these outdated and uh, left field opinions get to you. Yes. I mean, there's you different types of um, there's different types of sleep training as well. Like there's not just the cry it out method. There's other ones if you go online or even just honestly Google it because it's just basic information about sleep training. Like it's just, if you Google the different methods, there's like the Ferber, the extension, extinction, and there's something else. Anyways, mm-hmm. there's different ones. So just choose what, you know, what you want to try and try different ones or whatever you're comfortable with like that's the the way you want to go yeah don't don't let um and like this like like, like we just mentioned like i i think i mentioned it like don't read too far into it one way or the other like if you were comfortable with co-sleeping don't read about the dangers of co-sleeping as long yeah, as you're just you I mean that's the worst yeah that's the worst thing you can do is like look at all the and listen to all the negative um and scary you know scary stories and whatnot just like do what's gonna work work best for you at the end of the day and yeah trust yourself and your instincts and know that you're gonna make the right choices for you and your baby you know your baby best and if you know i mean really that's the end of it you know your best and who are we to tell you what to do like yeah literally who who are we to tell you yeah um so i'm just yeah i'm happy that we were able to to get this conversation going about it, I hope that um, it reaches a lot of people and that, like, you know, there's there's more acceptance and um, less, like, shame and stigma around it. And mm-hmm. it's good to talk, if you have, like, a therapist, it's good to talk to a therapist about it as well, about, like, s- sleep and um, maybe why you're feeling triggered or, like, how you can go about it and, you know, do it the safest way and healthiest way and how you can navigate it, um, like, if you're able to. So the last thing that I will, I will, um, I will say is whoever made the saying, I slept like a baby, meaning that you slept, had a great sleep. What baby were they talking about? Literally, I want to know. <laughs> Cause it's more like I slept, like I don't have a fucking baby. Yeah. When you're talking about having a good sleep, like, can we just, yeah, literally. Uh, I think we've come to the end of all of our discussions. Um, Rants. <laughs> yeah. Um, as usual, we'd like to thank you guys for sticking with us through all this. Um, we appreciate your love and support. And we truly, truly, from the bottom of our hearts, appreciate all your understanding and kindness and patience that you've had with us for the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. I promise we are back to regularly scheduled posting. Yeah, we'll try our try our best. We will do our best um, to to stick to our schedule. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, um, this resonates with some people and you know validates your experience um, and helps people you know feel less alone. You know, as as we did. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, do you want to introduce the next week's topic? Yeah. So for next week, we're gonna have a discussion on 
losing yourself, but also finding yourself in motherhood. Mm-hmm. So we'll unpack kind of like, you know, some identity crises we have before, during motherhood and how we've, I guess, navigated that, you know, like. It'll be an interesting one for sure. I'm excited to talk about it because there's, there's a lot of changes. Um, yeah. And we'll have to get a little bit, you know, vulnerable with this one, but I think it'll be good. Yeah, for sure. But with that, I think that's a wrap. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. So just to be um, completely transparent, this is an add-on after listening back and editing the episode. Um, I realized that there was a few things I wish I had added more into, and maybe I was just like holding back a little bit, but there's just a few things that uh, stood out to me that I felt like I wanted to touch on and add to the episode because I just it was like bothering me uh, and I'm someone who like overthinks and until like I just do it it's just gonna like eat at me um so when we kind of touched on our how our babies have been sleeping and how we've gotten them into routines and how we've navigated um our baby sleep we talked a little bit about social media and the internet and looking up stuff and whatnot so to preface i feel like anyone and everyone should always do what feels best and what works best for them but in this day and age with the internet and social media being at you know our disposal our disposal i feel like we've come to rely on it so much that we sometimes just forget to rely on and to use our you know our intuition um and to rely on our gut or what we feel is in in our best interest that we rely on you know these other people on social media that we don't even know that are verified for whatever reason on these social media accounts um and we i mean i'm guilty for it for googling everything i did that so much in the past year of trying to understand my baby well i'll just backtrack also having the internet um and having you know information on the internet provided to us is can definitely be a great thing in terms of it well it depends on what the information is what the source is what kind of you know there has to be a a balance of doing your thorough research checking like multiple sites and information and not just like relying on like one thing i'm always like mindful on the accounts that i follow and how that aligns like with my values and like what the information that they're sharing like does it align with my values you know there's some things that are shared that i feel like just doesn't align with me that maybe i've relied on and i'm like no like that doesn't work for me i need to just like stick to what feels right for me so it has to be like a, a balance in between um, doing our research and using information that we find on the internet, but also like ensuring that it aligns with what feels right for us and our values. So I've taken like a lot of time in ensuring that what I'm finding on the internet and the accounts that I follow um, and the information that I'm using on the internet, I'm not trying to like fit my baby to to this information, that I'm using the information to, I guess, like broaden my knowledge 
on, um, you know, baby sleep or feeding or um, all that stuff. Like, I just feel like it's important to just ensure that we're not trying to like fit our baby to what is out there on the internet. Just, yeah. So early on, I, when I was struggling with um, Evie's sleep and whatnot, I was just like, I didn't know what else to do. So right away, you know, I was Googling things and following, trying to like rely on these social media accounts and finding like what was working for them and using that. And then quickly realizing that some of it just wasn't working, that I was like being too rigid. And instead I had to just like use the information and use it as like a guide instead of like using a template, like for example, um, like a nap time schedule or wake windows or bedtime schedule that fits X, you know, your like X age, like your baby at a certain age. I was trying to do that and quickly realized that it just like wasn't working. So instead I just like learned and taught myself about, you know, okay, yeah, it's important that my baby is is awake for so many hours and these are the cues that uh, my baby is tired and needs a nap or needs more stimulation if they're not going down. So instead of being too rigid, I'm just like using that information to my bet to like to better my situation and not trying to be so rigid on like the schedule. I find it's and it's it is helpful to learning about like wake windows and how are those how those are important, what that means and that um in terms of like nap time, maybe that being easier for them to go down and whatnot. But anyways, I find that when we rely too heavily on like a nap schedule or a bedtime schedule on the internet and we're trying to like fit our baby to that instead of just listening or going by our baby's cues. And I mean, we know our baby best, right? And every baby is different. So there has to be like almost, I feel like a healthy balance. Of course, if you're really, really struggling and everything that you're doing is just not working and you just feel like having a schedule and trying to use that schedule um, for your baby and it works, like that's great. But if it's not working, you're becoming frustrated and you're just like, you don't know what else to do. And, you know, again, you're just researching and looking up things on the internet and like trying to fit our babies to that. That's just, I find when it it becomes kind of tricky. So at this point, I'm not, I'm trying to not like Google nap schedules and bedtime schedules um, and all that for Evie. Instead, I'm going by like her cues. We've just come to like realize what time works best for her, for her nap times. Like when she wakes up, it's usually like two or two and a half, three hours after her wake, whenever she wakes up to try and put her down for a nap, let her nap until she wakes up. And I know that if I let her nap, for too long, then it's like harder to get her down for her second nap, etc. So every day can be different. It's not always the same, um, you know, and then like her second nap is like three hours usually after she wakes up from her first nap. And then I don't let her nap too long for her second one because then we're just like up all night, right? So uh, her bedtime well, can always be different. It's usually between seven and eight now. We go by her and waiting until we see that like she's had enough and she's tired and then we you know we try a routine of like getting her her settled and you know doing bath and a bottle and letting her get her energy out by playing and laughing and then 
getting her in her sleep sack and reading some books and rocking her and putting some lullabies on. Like we found that all those things have worked. So we're not trying to be like, hey, it's like, for example, okay, like it's 7 a.m. You got to get out. Okay, it's 10 a.m. You got to go for your nap now. It's this time you got like it's 7 p.m. time for bed. We're not trying to like hammer that in. And I just wanted to add that because, yes, we did sleep training but we're not trying to like train her to a schedule. So so that is what has worked for me. Um, and that I'm not sharing that to say that everyone else has to like follow what, you know, what I do, because again, every baby is different and there's just, you know, what works for me may not work for somebody else. But I always just want to really put it out there that every baby is different and do what works for you at the end of the day. If you're finding yourself at a point where you just don't know what else to do and you need some kind of guidance, some kind of advice, some kind of help, I feel like definitely there are things out on the internet that can be useful and helpful on validating our experience and giving us some guidelines. I just, I hope that makes sense. I'm trying to like get all my jumbled thoughts out there, but I just really wanted to add on to that because I just have a lot of opinions when it comes to um, like the internet and social media and uh, what's out there, but also just like doing what works best for mama and baby and having like a healthy balance of both and also not trying to compare or have our babies meet some, you know, something that works for somebody else. Like I know early on I was asking friends uh, what it looked like for their babies in terms of naps and feeding and bedtime and routine um, and I was like, well, like my baby's not doing that. And how can I get my baby to do that? Cause then maybe, you know, she'll get a full sleep and maybe things will be easier and then trying to make that happen. And then it's, not, that's not working. So now I'm just like, you know what? No, I'm going to do what works <laughs> for us, for Evie uh, at the end of the day. doesn't matter if she's going to bed at like quarter to eight, you know, as long as she's getting like a good full rested sleep. And she's happy and healthy and, you know, I'm getting a nice full rested sleep because before when I was trying to meet these nap times and these schedules and this, you know, seven o'clock bedtime, I found that she was just like up all hours of the night and, you know, then I'm not, I'm not getting a good sleep and she's cranky the next day. So now it's just like going off of her cues um, and, you know, I'm just following what is kind of working for the both of us. So yeah, that's my little rant. I hope it all makes sense and, you know, maybe there's someone out there that can relate to that and resonates with that and I just wanted to get that out there because if I didn't, it would have really bothered me. <laughs> and that's all for this episode of Mamas with Trauma and Unpopular Opinions. Thank you for listening. Find us here again next week at 6 p.m. on Apple Music or Spotify and be sure to be following our social media pages on Instagram at Moms with Trauma podcast and on Facebook at Moms with Trauma and Unpopular Opinions. Mm-hmm.